Stop what you're doing. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Let's get the proceedings proceeding this weekend, man. Cabo Nation, what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 163. You heard it right. Episode 163 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Let me know how you feel about this episode right in the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court and share this episode with a friend via social media or word of mouth. Today's show, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer joins in. You could find Keith on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. That's P-O-M-P-E-Y-O-N-S-I-X-E-R-S. We discuss Sixers basketball, the possible return of the NBA, and more. You know you could find me on Instagram at one two combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Sixers beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Keith Pompey. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling? Hey, man. I'm feeling well. Thanks for having me on the, on the show, the podcast. Oh, anytime, anytime, Keith. Michelle Roberts uh, sent a message asking the players if they wanted to start the season. Um, what did you make of it? I, I guess you have to do your due diligence. You know, I, I think that some people were a little disappointed just because it was a you know, it was like confidential. Let's keep everything confidential. And right. when you factor in, like if a guy doesn't want to play, just come out and say it, you know, and then all of a sudden Michelle said she didn't do it, you know, and uh, and then Woj came back with more proof that they did do it. And then now a couple minutes ago, they came out with a report saying that there's a sense that all the players in the NBA, they want to, res- they want to resume play. So you know, it, it, it was a wacky night to me. <laughs> For sure. You know, the interesting thing out of all of this, that recently they were saying that they could actually resume play if somebody had it, because I think that was never the thought prior to hearing that. Yeah, just because they have so many, um, they're going to have so many tests. And, you know, if you think about it, um, let's just say if a player should get it again, and then all of a sudden you had to shut everything down. The league doesn't want to do that. When they get started, they want to play. So, you know, most of these guys are asymptomatic or they, they're assuming they're going to be asymptomatic. You're going to test them every day. You know, they'll get the results back. And if one player is, you know, it, it has it, you know, then that person will go home, but the rest of them will continue on playing. Keith, the logical thing to me seems that it's going to be in Vegas because can't you just replace what summer league used to be to what the playoffs will be? Like, that, that's what I'm thinking. It could be. It could be. But then also, if you think about it, you know, let's just say, you know, there's a possibility that you could have the Eastern Conference teams playing in, in Walt Disney World in Orlando and the Western Conference teams in Vegas. Now, the argument is, like you said, summer league. But then there's an argument is if they shut down Disney, right, 
and the only people is big enough to where you have restaurants there and everything. And the only people on the campus are going to be the MBA people and the people who are employed there. And I'm assuming they're going to stay there that duration. That's going to be their home. If you can do that, you could basically police who comes in and on and off the property. If you have it in Vegas, you know, yes, you can police the lobby of the hotels or the hotels, but guys could also say, man, we're in Vegas, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 100%. So, you know, with that being said, Disney might could be the safest place for everyone. For sure. Uh, Keith, you watch a lot of Sixers games. Um, everybody talks about who they should trade, Joel or Ben. I mean, we could get to that later, but I'm saying from a tactical point of view, do you see ways that they could use both of them and for it to work? Yeah, I think if you go back to two seasons ago, not last year, but two seasons ago, when they had sh more shooters around them with Marco Bellinelli and, and Ersan Ilovasova, I think it will work out well there. I also think that, you know, Ben, it will work out better if Ben, until he becomes an outside shooter, it'll work out better if he's a point forward. Like, I feel like right now, like if, if, if they have to go forward in the playoffs and Ben Simmons comes back, I think that Jake Milton should replace Al Horford in the starting lineup. And you can say that Ben Simmons is the point guard, but really he's the point forward and Shake could bring the ball up, pass it to Ben in the high post, and Ben could direct everything. That way the spacing would be better and you have guys who can knock down shots like a guy in Shake Milton. So I think if you do it that way, it will work out well. Shake was impressive for sure when I saw him play. Um, would you trust him if the playoffs come back, though? Yeah, but what's your other options right now? You know, and uh, here's the thing, and, and I shouldn't say that about, about Shake. If there's a concern to me about Shake is a number of games that he's played. You know, typically, you know, well, Shake, he got off against you know, the Clippers. He played extremely well. He got more than off. Yeah, he got off. He was on, <laughs> he was on fire. He was just walking down. Right. Now, my thing is, I would like to see him do that for more extended time before I decide on what to do. And if he, if he can show me that he can continue that moving forward, then that's the guy, you know. But if there's a, a – but if you feel like you – if you feel like once the second time around teams prepare better against him and are able to shut him down, then maybe you may have to go out in the draft and look for another point guard or if you could get someone in free agency. But, um, you know, right now when we're talking about shake, I don't think they have any other options in regards to, you know, being in that starting lineup. I mean, what he does is he knocks down shots. You know, he takes some pressure off for other guys. And he's not exactly, you know, the, the guy that when, when, when the Sixers are healthy, you're going to try to stop um, Joel, Ben, Tobias, and then maybe Jay Rich, and then Shake. So as a fifth option, yeah. you know, he's a great option. <laughs> For sure. Um, any updates in terms of health or injury updates? Are Ben and Joel feeling better? And will this be an advantage, this break, for them? You know, initially, if it was like a month off, I would say, yeah, maybe it would be an advantage. Right now, I'm looking at it like, well, it's a matter of who's going to get in shape, you know, in regards to teams. 
Like who is out there who has a basketball court, who does things like that to keep them in basketball shape. Now, in regards to Ben Simmons health, you know, last week, um, uh, Elton Brand, a general manager, said that, you know, if they resume, he, he expects Ben Simmons to play. He even said, like, if the playoffs started now, Ben would be close to, if not ready to play. Now, Joel, I think this time off has helped Joel. The big question is, what type of shape is he going to be in when he gets back? But when you look at the Sixers, Tobias was banged up. Al Horford was banged up. Jay Rich was banged up, Ben and Joel. So you have to say that this time off has enabled them to heal. Um, it's just a matter of what type of shape are they going to be in when they get back. Preseason, I had Sixers-Lakers um, in the finals. Who did you have? I had the Bucks and the Lakers. You didn't think the Sixers had a chance or you thought you were, they were right there with the Bucks? What went into that thought? I thought they were right there with the Bucks. Um, I thought they, but I, I thought that in a seven-game series, I thought that the Bucks would beat them. You know, it was just I think that the thing that got me last year with the Sixers, as big as they are, and and you know, they could throw a lot uh, of bodies at Giannis. Yeah, they could throw a lot of bodies yeah. at Giannis, but who's going to knock down the shots? That was my main That's concern. True. And who right. also who was the closer? It just seemed as if that. You know, the Sixers had so many unanswered questions. And you can make an argument. And I know right now we can all say it now because they're six in the East. But in the beginning, I felt like there was an argument that last year's team was better. You know, just because they had better pieces that fit around Joel Embiid. There was just a lot of issues on the road this year. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, I thought that had to do with a lot of new faces. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Guys were pressing. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 it's mind-boggling how bad they are. And then when you look at it, think about it. Role players tend to play better at home. 100%. When they get on the road, they don't make as many shots. But then you were looking and you were seeing some of the star players not playing as well. Or I shouldn't say star players, but, you know, starters who weren't, you know, Ben Simmons and Embiid. Some of them weren't playing as well on the road, as, 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 you know, either. Right. All right. So let's say the season is over. Um, what do you think those Sixers will be looking for in the offseason, and who will they be eyeing in the draft? You know, that's tough with me with the with the draft. I hate to say it. I haven't really been paying attention okay. as much, um, you know, right now. Maybe How about I this? I, they're, they're, if you ask three people what the Sixers need, they'll give you four different answers. I think the general fan will say it's shooting. But I think yeah. if you look more into it, it's somebody who could set the table in shot creation. So what do you say – what do you think the Sixers need the most? You know, I think – see, and that's the thing. I would like to see more what Shake Milton can do. But, you know what I mean? Because I feel like if Shake Milton is the guy that you think that is, can be the backup point guard, you know, a guy who can go in there and compliment Ben Simmons – I mean, let's face it, Shake is showing you that he can do things that they thought Markel was supposed to do. If he can do that, then maybe you can go out there and try to just go get a pure shooter, someone that's going to knock down shots. But if you don't have 100% faith in Shake, you have to go out there and get a point guard. Because let's face it, right now with their cap space and it's going to go down, they don't have a lot of money to go out there and throw at three agents. So 
you're going to have to get somebody, you know, in the draft. And at, at number 22, you got to make sure that you get the right pick. But yeah, it could be the point. It could be a point guard shot creation. Who do you feel if they had to trade one of them? Who should they trade between Joel and Ben? I don't think they should trade either one of them. I I'm mean, you. You know, I don't. I don't at all. And I know a lot of people say that. You know, yeah. here's the problem. So if you get rid of one of them, right? Um, you know, like Ben Simmons has yet to reach his stride yet. And I know people get frustrated with the shot, but once he starts hitting the shot, you don't want him to come back here and be like, yo, you guys gave up on <laughs> right. the business. Right. And Joel, you know, when Joel wants to play, you know, he's the most dominant player on the floor. I mean, even there's been games when he went up against LeBron and he was giving them the business, giving them the business. So I can't really see giving up on either one of them right now. I know a lot of people get frustrated with them, but I can't see giving up on those either one of those guys. Yeah, I'm a lot higher on Ben than many others. I think he's a top 15 player in the NBA. Um, he could just – there's things he could do that you just can't teach, you know. Exactly. And here's the thing about Ben. Like there was a couple games this year when they when they had them playing a lot of point forward, and I'm watching these games and I'm blown away. Like man, like you know he was just killing people. You and know, defensively so, and, too, and defensively. defensively. Yeah. yeah, no one was talking about you know he can't hit a three or he didn't hit a three. I mean, right. he, was, he was good. He was great. Yeah. So what did you make of this uh, Jordan doc so far? A Bulls doc, Jordan doc. What is it? Is it a Bulls doc or a Jordan doc? I don't know, man. But uh, what have you what have you made of it so far? It's a Jordan doc. You is know, it? It's the last dance. It's the whole team, right? The last dance. Yeah. Everybody's dancing. All right. Everybody's dancing, but it's a Jordan <laughs> doc. Too. You know what? I like it. You know, and, and the thing is, um, you know, uh, some people complain and saying, hey, you know, he's disrespecting other players. He's doing this. He's doing that. Well, you got to realize something. He had that mentality that he was the greatest whenever he touched the floor. And he still feels that way. And, and that's what made him a great player. That confidence that he doesn't care what anyone thinks. He's going to go out there and do it. And Growing up, you know, I'm older than you. I, I was a diehard Jordan fan. Jordan fan. I love Jordan. And um, it's kind of refreshing to watch the documentary because it's, it's kind of like reliving some of your youth watching it, you know? Right. Yeah, I was really young for the first three, Pete, and then I was a little bit older for the second three, Pete. So I remember, I remember it's definitely nostalgic. Um, all right, what do you make of this hypothetical Tobias for Buddy Hill trade? Have you heard it? Have you heard about it? I mean, yeah, you hear, I mean, I heard about it, but okay. I, I don't know about it. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, first of all, how much money is Buddy Hill making? Well, he, they gave him something because he was holding out and he was mad for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, not, he's not making Tobias money, though. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So then you got to factor something. So you got to bring somebody else in to make it work. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Buddy Hill would help the Sixers, but... Like he's like a he's a I mean he's better than Shake I I would think I will Shake hasn't got a full opportunity yet but I would think Buddy's they're better. They're also different play, like the thing yeah, about different. Shake is yeah they're different the different thing about Shake they're both is, shot makers they're both shot makers but Shake can also create too you know what I mean like Shake is like a a sneaky quiet 
you know, uh, efficient creator. You know, Buddy to me is more like a catch and shoot type of guy. You know what I mean? You know, like more so than Shake. Like, I, you know, and, and, and then the thing is, you got to be We careful. have such a small sample shot size of Shake. That's the only thing. Yeah, you have, but here's yeah. something else you got to be careful too with Buddy though. Because if Buddy's not happy out there, how's he going to feel when he comes to a team and he's going to be the third option? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And the team, and, and, and here's another thing. When you're a third option, in order for you to make it to the all-star team, your team typically has to be number one in the East. So if the Sixers aren't number one in the East, he's just going to be a high play shot create. I mean, shot maker who's getting paid. I mean, is he going to be happy with that? I mean, that's the question. Um, I, I guess we always ask this question, not always, but often. Um, are you optimistic the season's coming back? I am now, yeah. Before I wasn't, but I am now. I mean, the players basically want to come back. Um, I, I think that some of the, you know, the, well, the small market teams want to come back because they want to get that shared revenue. You got guys like LeBron, um, uh, a Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, uh, Kawhi. All these guys are pushing for the league to come back, for the players to come back. And I just think that because of that, it will happen. And I think that it's going to, it's not going to happen, you know, next month, maybe not the month after that. I mean, it, it could happen in August, you know, who knows, but I think that yeah. they're going to come back. I think what's going to happen is, and also when you look at it, you know, you can make an argument that we're rushing with um, the social distancing, like, you know, getting out of it, but people are going, starting to go back to work. So within a couple months, you know, it, it's, we're going to start seeing some sports teams out there playing. And again, there's not going to be any fans there, but I think that the NBA wants to make money. The players, you know, they, they may do away with the collective bargaining agreement. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot tied to them playing right now. And I think they're going to come back and play. Are you concerned that there's too many agendas and those teams that don't have a chance to even make the playoffs? Are you concerned that they won't want to come back and risk anything at all? You know, some teams probably don't want to come back. And, and I get that. I do. But I think that is one of those things where it's, it's kind of like when you go, when you was a kid and you want places with your family. And one one of y'all, one, one kid said, "Hey, I don't want to do it," but everyone else does. And mom and dad yeah. said, "You got to do it." Yeah. What are you going to do? Stay home? You're not going to stay home. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> and then you know, some of those teams and like, what is it? Like five pounds. But see, here's the thing: a lot of these small market teams really need this TV. Well, not I should say need. They want this TV revenue, so they're going to come back. And apparently, you know, we all know that they were uh, pulling the players. Pull. Um, but at the same time, polling the players, but at the same time, they're saying there's a sense that the players want to come back. Now, I don't know if they feel that way out of guilt or some guy saying it, but there's a sense that the players do want to come back. How do you think the product, how do you think the product will look with no fans? Bizarre, like bizarre. Like I, I find myself, you know, getting up sometimes watching the Korean baseball, baseball league. And there's some in the stands you see like cardboard fans look like like yeah that's what they're doing I heard robots yeah. and cardboard fans and all kinds of things <laughs> yeah, going on yeah it's like it's bizarre um, I, I think it will 
it will take a little um initially we're going to be like what is this but i think people are going to be so excited to see games that yeah. we're going to like it and also there's something else that's going to be you know if, when you look at the um like the ultimate fighting um MMA, whatever you, you call that thing. I always get it confused. It, 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 UFC, uh, UFC. UFC, yeah. Always yeah it, it went really up. well for them. This was a exactly. success. Yeah, yeah, Think yeah. about it. So, yeah. like, I mean, that's the first time, like, you, you heard, like, the hits. You can hear the corner people. So now if, like, LeBron dunks on somebody, and then you'll hear, get that out of here. Like, or you Right, 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 like right, that. right. So I think it's going to be a hit. Initially, people are going to be like, whoa, what am I looking at? But then they're going to like it because the TV is going to pick up everything. Right. Keith, great stuff. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. Um, I, I have the same um, tag on, uh, on Instagram. And then you can go to Inquire.com to read my stuff. Keith, thanks for being here. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. It helps the show tremendously. And big thanks to Keith for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, let me know how you feel about this episode right in the comment section of your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Be on the lookout for episode 164. Combo out.